Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I'm your host, Scotty T, and it is just me tonight. We are coming to you from Houston, Texas, from the campus of the Canon, and it is just me here in studio. It's a little strange. It's the first time, really, we've done an episode of Three Under Par just solo. There's a little bit of scheduling conflict with KJ and then T-Bone. He's actually out there at the Houston Open right now, kind of being our eyes and boots on the ground, uh, hopefully trying to get some good content for y'all that we can do for y'all later on in the next few weeks. And it is a little bit strange talking into a microphone, though, with nobody else here but for people to listen to. But, hey, we're going to do it. By we, I mean me. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, the best I can. Hopefully y'all enjoy this. Y'all, this is episode 50 of the Three Under Par podcast. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we would have done 50 of these, I don't know, frankly, if I would have believed you. But this has been a lot of fun doing this, and I feel like I can speak for KJ and T-Bone when I say we really appreciate y'all, the listeners, y'all the reason why we are doing this podcast, and we're going to keep doing it. Before we dive into we got a lot to talk about. There is a lot going on in the golf world the Shriners out in Vegas was this weekend. Kevin Nog comes away with some serious, serious tour sauce coming in, just walking in putts. Going to dive into a little bit of Kevin Nog's round. And then we made it to the Houston Open. It is finally here. The biggest event in Houston in golf. Golf-wise, at least. There's a lot going on in Houston right now. It's pretty electric. It's a great time to be in H-Town with the Houston Astros. They're in the playoffs, at least at the time of this recording. We lost to the Rays, but hey, we're still up 2-1. Squad's still looking good. Justin Verlander's going to be going, I guess, by the time this comes out today, on Tuesday at least. And uh, the Rockets are looking pretty good too. That season's coming up. I don't know about y'all, but October is the best month of sports that is out there. Now, my personal favorite is April. Just because it's the tail end of March Madness, golf season is in full form, especially with the Masters. I mean, the Masters is in April. That is the creme de la creme of golf. So April is my personal favorite month, but objectively, October is the best. Playoff baseball is going on. Basketball season's going up. Football, we're in the middle of it. And uh, hockey, if you're one of our northern listeners... Hockey's not really big down here. It's big up in Dallas, but it's not as big down in Houston. But this is a golf podcast, so we're going to stick to golf, at least for right now. Houston Open, we're, I'm going to give a little preview for that, and hopefully we'll be able to get some good content throughout the week since we will probably be out there at the tournament. Uh, shout out to our friend Eric Redeker. If you go back and listen to that episode, he kind of talks about what it is like. There's a lot going on behind the scenes here at the Houston Open with Memorial Park being under construction, that renovation is almost done, and then moving to the fall schedule as well, I'm going to dive deep into that, but before we do, follow us on social media, at 3 on a Par Pod. that is the number 3, 3 on a Par Pod on Twitter and Instagram, our email is also listed on there, and subscribe, rate, and review, give us a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts, write that review on Apple Podcasts, so that way we know we will for sure see it, any feedback that we can get from y'all is great and much appreciated. Okay, we're going to dive into it here. 
starting off with Kevin Na at the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. I actually went to this tournament last year. This was a lot of fun. We were out there to go see our friend Kramer Hickok. He's out there on the PJ Tour. He's actually going to be playing down here in Houston this week. Uh, me and a couple of buddies from college, we went out there with his brother and a few other friends. And look, it's Vegas, right? Golf in Vegas. I mean, we had a really good time out there. So <laughs> TBC Sutherland is the course where they play at. Uh, got some good stories from out there. Shout out to Dub and shout out to Redis. Um, hey, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, Kevin Na, he comes away with the victory. As I mentioned, okay, we need to back up here a little bit to the players. Now, Kevin Na, I don't know if he's a controversial figure on the PGA Tour, but people really get fired up when the name Kevin Na is spoken for some reason. I think people really look back to the Players' Championship when was that, like 2011, 2012, somewhere in there, when he's playing in the final group. Look, Kevin Knott, obviously, look, that guy can ball. If you're out there on the PGA Tour, you are extremely good at golf. So I don't want to take anything that away from him. In terms of statistics, though, he's not the longest guy out there, and he knows he's not the longest guy out there. He's even admitted a handful of times that there's only three or four courses that he feels like he can win on just because of the how long they're making golf courses nowadays and all the technology and whatnot. And he's not the most accurate guy out there. I think he's I think he won the tournament this week being negative strokes gained off the tee, which is the first time I think that's ever happened or one or two other times. It, bottom line, it's really cool that he actually went out there and won. On the 72nd hole, he's out there. Okay, even backing up a little bit. To the players a few years ago, he made noise because he couldn't pull the trigger. He was like yelling at himself, talking to himself, come on, come on, pull the trigger. <laughs> and it was so funny to watch because this guy's in the final group on Sunday at the flagship event at the PJ Tour in the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass, and he just couldn't swing at the golf ball. I don't know about y'all, but that is very relatable. If you go back and listen to my talking of the Texas Mid-Am, that's kind of how I felt. I had no problem taking the club back. But look, if you're out there on the golf course and you've lost your swing and it just doesn't feel right, it is a helpless feeling out there. And for some reason at that specific tournament, he just couldn't he couldn't take the club back. He just had no confidence. And he's still out there balling out, ended up not winning. But to the players again this year, this, I guess there's something about the players and Kevin Naw, where he's playing with Tiger Woods on Saturday and he just steps in his putts. Before it goes in, just walks it in like a five-footer for birdie. And Tiger just burst out laughing. He wasn't really ready for that one. And frankly, I don't think any of us were. We don't really see that out there. And then Tiger Woods proceeds to just walk in the putt right after Kevin Knock, kind of trolling him a little bit, which I it was so funny to watch. That was a that's a great video. Look it up if you if you have a chance to. It's definitely worth the watch. But really, ever since then, Kevin Knock, he's just been almost hamming it up a little bit. He's, I don't know if he's always done this. This really gotten to our attention, at least the media's attention and the general public's attention in the last year or so since the players. And he's out there at the 72nd hole. He has to make, I don't know, a 20 footer or something like that in order to make the playoff with Patrick Cantlay. And when it's like three feet before the ball rolls in the hole, he just starts walking. And then sure enough, he drains it. Like, what? Who does that on the 72nd hole for a playoff? Apparently, Kevin Nod does that. Savage. That's a savage move out there because 
whenever you're playing golf and then you like hit a bad putt or something like that, don't hit it online or whatnot, and then you start walking after it, and then the putt just happens to fall in. Maybe you completely misread it, and it just ended up going in the hole. I always kind of feel bad. I kind of always I like. <laughs> there are a few times I'll look at the players I'm playing with and be like, "Hey, sorry guys, like didn't mean to do that." But apparently for him, it is on purpose. And it's almost an embarrassing feeling, though, when you feel like you've made it, you're walking, you feel like I'm going to walk it in, maybe do that tiger fist pump that is so famous and we all love doing out there on the course, and then the ball just dives across the hole and lips out. You're like, ah, shit. That is an awful feeling. And the fact that he had the balls to do that on the 72nd hole was crazy. Ended up winning the Shriners Hospital Open. It's pretty impressive. And... The field was pretty good out there on the PGA Tour, though. Defeated Patrick Cantlay. Pat Perez was also in the mix. Bryson DeChambeau. Webb Simpson. The Glove. Lucas Glover. T-Bone's residence pick for any major championship, it seems like. He finished top 10 uh, along with Tony Finau. I think people like playing in Vegas because it's Vegas, right? There's a lot to do out there, even if you're not playing golf. But for Kevin Na, it is his third win in his last 30 starts. As I mentioned earlier, he he was in an interview and he said that there are only a handful of courses that he feels like he can win at. It took him seven years in between wins when he won at the Greenbrier last year. Seven years to win in between starts. And he started crying on that interview, which is totally understandable. Look, if you went on the PJ Tour, we talk about it all the time. It is a truly a life changer. Guys like Kevin Nam, I would throw in Charles Howe III as well. They're so consistent that they've been able to make a really good living playing golf on the PGA Tour. And so when they win, though, when they finally break through, it makes it that just more special. And... He's won, though, pretty recently. And then sure enough, when he goes out and win, when he wins this week, he starts crying during his interview, which kind of made me thinking, who are the criers on the PGA Tour? I'm sure there are a few that are missing in this list, but even John Daly has been been caught on camera crying after uh, a PGA Tour event. But first one comes to mind has got to be Bubba Watson, right? That guy cries if the wind blows in the wrong direction. Kevin Na, I got to throw him in this list now. And Brent Snedeker. Now, I mentioned that Kevin Na isn't necessarily a controversial figure, but people are kind of viewing him that way now. And it's not only because of his play a little bit, which he's admitted that he needs to get faster, and I think he's done that. I think he has really made steps to improve, especially with slow play being such a hot topic here in the golf world. But... He gave part of his interview in Korean. Pretty cool. He gave part of his interview in Korean. And what it translates to is, to my Korean fans for always supporting and believing me, despite all these false rumors, I want to say to you, thank you. No matter what anybody said about me, I've been very happy. So as I keep my mouth shut, I feel like I showed you my feelings with my clubs today. Even as I bite my tongue, I've gotten to this point Thank you to all my fans again. I will see you soon at the CJ Cup. Now, what controversy is he talking about? People were asking follow-up questions to him, and he's pretty much saying, I've said all I need to say on the topic. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know what he is talking about here. It's almost golf gossipy a little bit. What was Kevin Na 
talking about and thinking about during that interview. I don't know if he like people if he thought people wouldn't look into it because he said it in a different language, but it's 2019. There are plenty of bilingual out people out there, and there's also a thing called Google where you can translate something to it. I just don't know what false rumors he's referring to. That is so strange to me. And we're definitely going to look into this a little bit more. We'll get our resident golf gossip, T-Bone, back here on it. T-Bone, that's your assignment for this next week, is figuring out what false rumors Kevin Na is talking about. I assume that something is going to come out later on this week on it, just because you can't say something like that and people not look into it. So I thought it was pretty interesting. As I mentioned, third win in his last 30 starts. He's won at the Greenbrier, Colonial, and now Shriners. I don't think he can go out there and win a major championship. It would be great if he proves me wrong, but uh, anytime he can get out there and get a win on the PGA Tour, it's a big deal. And Vegas, baby. Vegas. It's a good time. All right. We're going to tra- – we're going to – I'm going to trend <laughs> keep talking. We – I'm going to transition now to the Houston Open, the flagship event in Houston. This has been a very interesting topic conversation to just golfers in general in the city of Houston. This is a big deal for us to have the PJ Tour stop in Houston. It is one of the longest running tournaments on the PJ Tour is in the city of Houston. And we love it here. It is currently played at the Golf Club of Houston. Now, two years ago, two or three years ago, Shell dropped out as title sponsor of the PJ Tour. Now, to take a peek behind the curtain here, the PJ Tour is currently set up where if you lose a title sponsor, that does not mean that you lose your tournament. Because in the past, it can be hard to find title sponsors. So the PJ Tour has procedures and safeguards to where if a title sponsor pulls out, then you can still have your golf tournament while it takes them time to find another title sponsor. It's hard to find companies that are that big and willing to give that big of a commitment for a multi-year contract. So when Houston lost Shell as their title sponsor, Shell was the title sponsor for like 27 years. People in Houston still call it the Shell Houston Open or the Shell. But now it's just the Houston Open, and it took them a long time. There was a year where we didn't have a title sponsor. Thankfully, the PJ Tour has those safeguards to where we were okay for a year, but we still didn't have one after that. And that's when the Houston Open got into trouble. It was not not a good situation, to be honest. Now, Jim Crane is the owner of the Houston Astros, and he stepped in. Instead of one really big title sponsor for the Houston Open, it is now just the Houston Open, and it is sponsored now by the Astros Foundation. In the past, it's been the Houston Golf Association that has been partnering with Shell to make this tournament happen. But when Shell backed out, the HGA, the Houston Golf Association, also severed ties with the tournament. I don't know if it was necessarily by their choice, though. Uh, that's kind of been closed behind doors and haven't really got as much information on that. But bottom line is that the ACA is not helping out with the tournament anymore. Houston Astros Foundation, they came in, hired their own staff, put their own uh, tournament together, and Houston Golf is back. One of the byproducts of that, though, which frankly sucks the most is that we got a new spot on the PJ Tour schedule. Now, when I was growing up, the PJ Tour came to Houston the week after the Masters. But it was after the Masters, but then they moved us to in front of the Masters the week before, especially once the Golf Club of Houston opened up. It was played at TPC 
the Woodlands, and then once it moved over to the Golf Club of Houston, or Redstone, now the Golf Club of Houston, that course, players liked it because it got them ready for Augusta National. Weird little things that I don't necessarily want to dive into, at least for right now, because I don't want to nerd out golf too much, but like, there's shaved runoffs. There's a lot of that at Augusta National, that around the greens, the grain grows into you, away from the greens, so that when you're chipping, you get stub chips. That's exactly the way it is at Augusta National as well. So players like that kind of stuff. And also, there are some guys like Brooks Kepka, Roy McIlroy, a few others. They like playing their way into major championships. Jordan Spieth. He didn't win in Houston, but he finished second the year that he won his Masters in 2015. Point being is that the move to the week before the Masters was a fantastic move for the Houston Open. And it got a lot of the best players here. I think at one point there was probably like six out of the top ten players in the world would always come to Houston. Phil Mickelson has won here in Houston. Vijay Singh, Freddie Couples. There's been a lot of really good players to come win win in Houston. But then, again, when Shell backed out, we didn't have a title sponsor for a long time. We got replaced on the schedule. The Valero Texas Open is now the week before the Masters. And then we got bumped to the fall. And honestly, that has been a disastrous, a disastrous move. It has not been good. For example, for this week, there is zero top 30 players in the world that is playing at the Houston Open. That's pretty devastating. Not even Jordan Spieth is playing this week. I think he's making his uh, PJ Tour debut next week if I'm not mistaken and it's it's pretty sad to be honest also when Jim Crane came in to start running the Houston Open part of the agreement was is that so the golf club of Houston is technically outside of Houston city limits it's up in Humble northeast Houston or north Houston whatever they wanted to bring the Houston Open to Houston city limits. So part of the agreement was that they decided to move the tournament to Memorial Park, which in my opinion is a fantastic move. That has probably been the best thing that has come out of this whole Houston Open debacle for the last couple of years. Memorial Park is a fantastic golf course, and the best part is, is that they have redone it. It has been under construction for the last, I don't know, since January, since the beginning of the year. And I love seeing those videos from the Houston Open, like Instagram and Twitter accounts, because they give like updates and, hey, here's the changes from what you knew before and what it is before or to what it is now. And I love that. It's going to be a great move. Logistically, I still think they need to work some things out because it is in Houston city limits. It's right by the Galleria, not too far from downtown, probably like 10 or 15 minutes. And so... Figuring out parking and all that jazz, that's going to be tough, but they'll be all right. They'll figure it out. They have an entire staff that is working on it. Uh, but this is the last year that it is going to be at the Golf Club of Houston with the fall schedule. My hope, and it's not official, and I don't have any word on this, but I really hope that since we are moving it to Memorial Park, that we will get a better spot on the schedule. If you really want to read into it, get some written content on it, I would highly recommend you go to golf.com and look at Art Strickland's article on this. He really broke it down. Art Strickland, he knows golf in Texas probably better than anybody else. He is a friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times. And 
He's really great for uh, specifically Texas golf, golf in the state of Texas. And as I mentioned, no top 30 players in the world has come to Houston. When in the past we've had multiple, a majority of top 10 players in the world coming, that just shows how important your spot on the schedule is. Now, it's not only since we moved to the fall, but the PGA Tour just revamped their schedule completely last year. They took out a lot of tournaments, moved tournaments around, and unfortunately, Houston was just a byproduct of that. And frankly, I think we got the short end of the stick. The highest-ranked player who's playing this week is Henrik Stenson, and he is 34th in the world. Now, there are some pretty good groups that are playing in this week. For example, Cam Champ. He's playing with Jason Duffner and Henrik Stenson. There's multiple uh, former champions, major champions, who are playing in Houston this week. Henrik Stenson, champion golfer of the year. Jason Duffner. Keegan Bradley. Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker is a Texas guy. And that's the thing that really kind of kills me that Spieth isn't playing, is that these Texas guys, they love playing in the Texas golf tournaments. That's why, frankly, I'm surprised that Spieth isn't here. I do want to give a shout-out, though, to Cole Hammer. We've talked a little bit about Cole Hammer, but Cole Hammer, he's currently the number two ranked amateur in the world. He was number one for a while, but and he didn't have a great showing at the Walker Cup. But hey, the, U- the U.S. won the Walker Cup, which was phenomenal. But he's a Houston kid. Went to Kincaid High School. Uh, I've actually, I, I, I remember I played a round of golf with Cole Hammer back when I was in high school. And man, he must have been like 10 years old at the time. And we're playing out of River Oaks, and he was already at like 10, 11 years old. He's already hitting the ball like 240 yards, 250 yards off the tee. He's shooting under par at River Oaks. It is wild. And River Oaks, like they've hosted some U.S. Open qualifiers out there, some big USGA events. Like that's a that's no cupcake of a golf course. And he was already dominating that course at like the age of 11. It was nuts. So it's no surprise that he is as good as he is now. And as I mentioned, number two ranked player in the world in amateur golf. He's making, uh, I don't know if it's his PGA Tour debut, but I know he's really excited uh, to come in here to play in the Houston area. One of the other groups that caught my attention was Keegan Bradley playing along with Daniel Berger and Kevin Chappell. Keegan Bradley, he has kind of had a resurgence in his career. I don't know if resurgence is the right word, but he when he first came out on tour, he was on fire. Fuego out there, and it kind of cooled down a little bit. Uh, maybe he had a little too much success too early to sustain at the rate that he was going at. But, you know, he won the BMW uh, last year, and he's been doing pretty well. Daniel Berger, though, that's pretty interesting. He, he's been kind of struggling a little bit, but, I mean, he was on the President's Cup team not too long ago, former PJ Tour Rookie of the Year. And then Kevin Chapel. I mean, he's coming off an injury uh, where he literally, like, couldn't, like, walk or play for the longest time, but he also shot 59 earlier this year. Cameron Champ, he's also won on the PGA Tour a couple weeks ago, two-time winner. Young guy, went to Texas A&M, which is just an hour and a half up the road here from Houston, so that's good that he's coming down to play. Some other names that caught my attention, Bud Colley, Jimmy Walker, as I mentioned, Stuart Sink, Hunter Mahan. How about that? Where has Hunter Mahan been? For the last, I don't know, five plus years. I don't know if we've seen him since the Ryder Cup. What was that, like 2014 or 20? Yeah, 2014, where he like had the duff chip and never seen or heard of again until the Houston Open 2019. 
not really Hunter Mahan. Heard you're a really good dude. I, I just I, he's a former winner of the Houston Open, so I think that's why he is coming back to playing this. Want to give a shout out to Chris Stroud. He is a Houston guy, so I know he really wants to go out there and play well at his home uh, city event. Jonathan Vegas is playing. Scotty Scheffler as well. Scotty Scheffler is a Texas guy, as I mentioned. Those Texas guys, they love playing in the Texas tournaments. They want to do well in the Texas tournaments. I don't know. I, I would love to get our stat guy on this. By stat guy, I mean I need to do more research on this. <laughs> I don't know if any PGA Tour player has ever won all the tournaments in Texas. Let's see. That's the Houston Open, the Byron Nelson in Dallas, the Colonial in Fort Worth, the Valero Texas Open in San Antonio. And I guess now that you also got to include the Austin match play event since that got moved from wherever it was before to Austin. Where was that? I think it's been played up in San Francisco and Arizona. It's been all over the place. But bottom line, it is here in the Houston area now. So, as I mentioned, last year coming to the Golf Club of Houston, I really like the Golf Club of Houston, though. It's a really good trek. And I've played a few tournaments out there back on junior golf. I actually got a pretty funny story about that one I can share at a different time. <laughs> but it's a pretty tough course. What blows my mind, this shows how good these PGA Tour players are. You go to any PGA Tour venue, out, let's let's say outside of the majors. Let's throw majors out the equation, like Silverado Country Club, where they just played the uh, the tournament up there where Cameron Champ won, even TPC Sutherland. The Houston Open, if you go up there and play from the tips as your average golfer, you walk away thinking, man, I just got beat up out there. They're generally very long. And even though they don't have PJ Tour pens set up for the average player, you still get that sense like, all right, I, I see it now. I get why this is a PJ Tour course. And those PJ Tour guys will go out there and destroy these golf courses. I wouldn't be surprised if the winning score is 20 under. It will be really interesting to see what the future holds for the Houston Open. Memorial Park next year, the grand opening for it. I would expect Brooks Kepka to come in and play at the tournament because this new course in Memorial Park, Tom Doak is designing the new course. And Brooks Kepka, he is the PJ Tour player consultant. This is the first time where Brooks Kepka is having his input on what a PJ Tour course should look like. So when it moves to Memorial Park, I do expect Brooks Kepka to come in and play, even if it is a fall event next year, which I would expect it to be. If, it, if we're going to get a new spot on the schedule, it probably won't be until, say, 2022, 2021, 2022, somewhere around there. The Houston Open went through some very rough times in the last couple years. We've weathered the storm. Big shouts to Jim Crane and the Astros Foundation coming in and helping out this tournament because... And I don't know what went on with Shell. I don't really know what went on with the HGA. But there was a bad breakup there. Just from the outside looking in. That's what it looks like. I'm sure Shell had their reasons. Shell did great things for the tournament. And they've done great things in the city of Houston. But sometimes it is just time to move on. And maybe that's what Shell was. Uh, that's what they thought. Because they were the tournament sponsor for like 27 years. HGA oversaw the tournament for nearly 50 years. And now, with this new management staff coming in, it is a new course, new management, new venue, new everything. 
I hope that we can find, and I pray that we can find a good spot on the schedule because city of Houston's awesome. I lived here pretty much my entire life. I'm from here. I'm born here. Houston golf is great, and it would be great to have the best players in the world to come to our city to compete for a PGA Tour title. That's kind of my rant on the PGA Tour. And if you go read this Art Strickland article, again, it's on golf.com. Uh, I, I'll share it again on social media. I'll, I'll retweet that just so that you can go out there and see it. But the tournament director is Kobe Calloway. And he gives a few quotes in the article. But this last one really struck out to me. And he said, one thing I've learned throughout this whole process, the one thing I've learned is to never take anything for granted. That really struck out to me. Because at one point, the Houston Open was thriving. Best players in the world coming. Phil Mickelson won your tournament. Week before the Masters. Golf Club Houston. People love the course. And then to have it all blow up. It's tough. It's tough to see. But through those times of adversity, if you make it through, that's when you learn the most. That's when you grow, just in life in general. And when you come out on the other end, you're ready to rock and roll. You're ready to go. It's a little bit more complicated because it's not just the Houston Open. You got to get PJ Tour HQ involved and all that jazz. But as we mentioned, really when the fall season started, which was crazy to think about, that was like a week after the Tour Championship. This is an opportunity for these young guys, the guys coming up from the Corn Ferry Tour now, from the Corn Ferry Tour to come in and make a splash. Or maybe there's a seasoned pro out there who hasn't done pretty well the last couple of weeks, years on the PGA Tour. This is an opportunity for these young guys or maybe a seasoned pro to revamp his career and go out and get a win. It's one of the hardest things to do on the PGA Tour. As I mentioned earlier, Kevin Na, he went seven years in between wins. It's not easy to do. There are multiple people who play on the PGA Tour who never get that chance to win, who never experience what it is like going into the winner's circle. This is an opportunity for these guys to come in and make a splash. Now, my prediction, I'm going out on a limb here, but my prediction is that Scotty Scheffler is going to win this tournament at minus 20. It's hard to predict the winners, but my pick is Scotty Scheffler for the 2020 Houston, for the 2019 Houston Open. Goodness, been talking here way too long by myself. Uh, okay, there are a couple other things I wanted to mention before I close out of here. We are one year out from the Ryder Cup. How about that? I think it's very interesting how we really care about the Ryder Cup while the President's Cup is just like, meh, nobody really cares about. President's Cup is not for a few more months. They haven't made the picks yet either, but I fully expect Tiger Woods to pick himself as a playing captain, and I don't really know who else is going to do that. We'll do a preview show for the President's Cup here at some point. The other thing that was Brooks Kepka, kind of golf gossipy. He went out, he, I didn't realize this. I don't think he really told anybody this, is that he underwent a stem cell procedure on his knee. Okay, so maybe when he said after the Tour Championship that he was just going to hang up the sticks for a while, go fish, not even think about golf. He was actually getting a procedure on his knee. That's sandbagging son of a bitch. He said, I finally feel good enough to where I can actually practice and feel prepared coming into golf tournaments. It's nice to feel good for once. 
Really? For once? That guy has dominated major championships for the last, what, two and a half years? And he didn't even play in the Masters a couple years ago. Won the U.S. Open. Won the PGA Championship. Won the U.S. Open again. Won the PGA Championship again. Like, holy shit. Watch out, golf world. If he says he's finally feeling good for once, goodness gracious. And Kepka's even admitted that he only has five or six years left in his prime, which is weird to think about considering Tiger is winning major championships at the age of, what, 43? Somewhere around there. But, hey, look, he's motivated to inflict even more damage, especially now that he's, quote, pretty close to 100%. That's according to a Golf Channel article. Uh, there was also another video that was going around on social media this weekend of Phil Mickelson hitting driver out of some tall fescue or grass or whatever it was. I got a couple DMs about that. They're like, have you ever seen anything like this? Nope. But that is what makes Phil, Phil Mickelson. He's not afraid to try the hard shots. He's not afraid to try some crazy thing or whatever. So, everyone, that is pretty much all that I got for this week on the 3 on a Part podcast. Again, congrats to Kevin Na on the win. Houston Open. Yeah. I am pumped about this. It is our city. PJ Tour is back, baby. Since we got that fall spot. Technically, we missed all of the 2018-2019 PGA Tour season. But we are back. We are here. I'm excited to see who comes out. As I mentioned, we're going to be out there. We're going to be out there covering the golf tournament. Really pumped about that. Um, KJ was actually out there today on the Monday qualifier on the bag for one of our friends who was trying to qualify for the Houston Open, Preston Stanley, friend of the pod, been on the pod. I believe our very first guest, if I'm not mistaken. He tried to qualify for the U.S. Open. Unfortunately, he did not make it. Uh, KJ will probably give a full rundown of that at some point. And then uh, T-Bone, he's doing his thing, hopefully trying to get some good content out there as well. KJ also played like one of the nicest courses in the city of Houston this last weekend. And I'm sure he'll want to give a full rundown of that as well so stay tuned for next week there's going to be a lot to talk about and a lot to break down for this uh, before we get out of here follow us on social media at three on a par pod if you want to stay up to date with us while we're out there at the houston open this weekend follow us at three on a par pod also send in some outside the ropes questions we're collecting those we've i've gotten a few of those from y'all i appreciate it shout out to, to, to justin shout out to garza we will answer those questions here uh, in the next week or two, probably, when it is not just me here on the microphone. Again, it is kind of strange because I'm talking to you, the audience, but I'm here by myself. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed this episode, though, and we'll be back next week, full force, PGA Tour, Houston Open. It's awesome. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Leave that review on Apple Podcasts. Also, tell a friend. Tell your middle-aged aunt, tell your friend, tell your family member, anybody who likes golf, who you think will enjoy our commentary, tell them about it to subscribe as well. So I'm going to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, again for tuning in. And remember, Little White Ball is life.